a good day to all of our friends out there. Today is February the 15th, 2022. This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. What did you do for your sweetheart yesterday? What did I do? I got her a plethora of some of her favorite candies, a brand new book, and we hung out, watched some Euphoria together. Pretty chill night. How about yourself? Oh, what do you think of Euphoria? It grew on me. I watched like the first two to three episodes, and I was just like, this kind of just feels like a MTV drama, like a high school kind of. That's how I've envisioned it. Yeah, and it kind of is that, but the cinematography is good. The music's excellent. Uh, and the story has gotten better. I, I, now I'm I'm like caught up now. It's right like on. only it's only two seasons, but it uh, at first I was like this show is whack. I don't I don't get it, but it grew on me. Well, it's all anyone can talk about. Yeah, you fucking see it everywhere, man. Well, it's because they're breaking so many barriers, Frank. I guess I hear it's just about a bunch of high schoolers doing drugs and fucking. That's really accurate. I've never seen so many dicks in a TV series in my really? life. Really, especially when it's like talking about teens. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's like a lot of a lot of teen dick. In there and boobs, really. It just seems wrong. At first, you had my interest, Alex, and now <laughs> you have my attention. Uh, I am man. sure they're all eighteen and over, just playing. You know, they're probably like mid thirties playing high school kids, which is yeah. always super believable. Probably legally, yeah. Yeah. What did I do? Well, you know, it's great, Al, because every year I have an excuse to not fully show up to Valentine's Day oh. for my significant other because. It's my mother's birthday. Uh, I went over to my mom's. We got a big old crab boil to go. Ooh. Laid out some newspaper on the dinner table and feasted. It was a lot of fun. Was it already boiled? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's one thing I could never do, dude. I'll eat crab. I'll eat a lobster. Uh-huh. I could never boil those things, man. They, you ever hear the noise they make when they're boiled? You're talking about lobsters? Yeah. Nope, I haven't. I don't eat lobster. Um, and not for any reasons, like not, not because I feel bad because a lobster is boiled alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I hate the taste. I don't even like crab. To be honest with you, I don't like crab at all, wow. but it's my mom's favorite and she requested seafood and mm. it was either takeout sushi, which eh, takeout sushi for my mom's birthday. But then I felt like a, you know, a crab boil. It's a nice family affair, really sure. good food. Um, everybody can participate and we did it was good there's crawfish clams mussels shrimp snow crab legs i think okay uh, potatoes sausages it's fantastic amazing happy birthday to lisa it was delicious heck yeah so does jacqueline get a makeup dinner or what's going on there oh she gets plenty <laughs> she doesn't want no um i got i got her you know, a little gift and some flowers. Okay. Okay. And whatnot. we're going to Arizona this week. So oh, that's right. Okay. Um, plenty of time for one-on-one me and her time. Yeah. That'll be good. And you guys are what going out there to do some hiking or camping or what's, yeah, what's in Arizona? It was, uh, so second year in a row, we've decided to forego Christmas gifts. We got each other little things, but really what we wanted to do is just do a trip. Mm-hmm. And the last two years that we've been able to do it on, on president's day weekend. So last year was Yosemite and Sequoia and this year's the grand Canyon. That's pretty sick. Have you ever seen the grand Canyon? Never dude. Oh, I was on the West coast almost my whole life and never, not like not even once even attempted it. Will you be riding a donkey? No. <sighs> That's one thing I would never do. No donkey will be riding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited, man. Never been. It's we're staying in Flagstaff, Arizona, which in and of itself, like you could probably spend an entire weekend just exploring that place. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to check out Sedona, maybe get our palms red. Who knows? Are you far and, from Phoenix? Yeah, a few hours, probably like okay. three hours. Gotcha. So pretty stoked on it. 
it'd be fun. Crazy, crazy, crazy three weeks I got going on here. I, um, I'm going to Arizona on Thursday, and then we drive from Arizona to Vegas on Sunday. She flies home. I stay in Vegas for the week for a conference. And then I come back from that conference Thursday night in San Diego Friday, and then we leave for Mexico on Saturday. That's right. Yeah. And then we'll be in Mexico City from Saturday to Thursday. And then Thursday we fly to Hualtuco. So it's south of Oaxaca. It's a little poor town. And then we're there for a wedding at a resort for four days. Then check this out. This just happened today. I come back on Tuesday. And then on Friday, I have to be back inside Vegas for uh-huh. another conference. It's only for a day. It's only for like from like eight to two. But it's Damn. like, it, I guess we deemed it worthwhile. So they booked me for that conference. Yeah. So calling crazy. all friendship, calling all friendship. Seriously. I will probably need some co-hosts in the coming weeks. Um Frank will be far too busy for me. Hiatus. (laughs) But hopefully you could join us. You might still be able to dial in off the phone. You don't need the whole setup necessarily. Perhaps. But if you're in Mexico, I would not be mad if you ignored me. It's okay. I understand. That is the strategy right now. So uh, (laughs) Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl, Frank. Yeah. What happened? The Los Angeles Rams won a Super Bowl. (laughs) Matthew Stafford happened to be a participant. (laughs) But yeah, congrats. Congrats to Mr. Stafford. Dude, I'm I'm very happy for him, man. He gave gave our organization a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And actually, you called it. I kind of called bullshit on the Rams being a real team early in the playoffs. But you said you think they could have won a Super Bowl, and they did just that. Yeah, I for sure thought that they were the best team in the playoffs. And uh, Bengals gave them a run for their money, for sure. Yeah, didn't, man. Didn't quite appreciate the ending of the game, tell you that much. I was very frustrated with all the penalty flags. A lot they of seemed, drama. Yeah, they seemed very touchy. Also, saw a picture of Aaron Donald uh, offsides on the very last play on that fourth and one where he got the sack. Oh, really? He lined up offsides. Yeah, dude. I thought for sure. I'm. I mean, I thought for sure there were some plays that I missed a penalty, or, or I saw a penalty that wasn't called, and I figured that was just the nature of the game, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Super Bowl. Let them play. You know, do not be a, like a. Don't interject yourself if you absolutely don't have to. And the last three penalties, which were all either holding or pass interference against the Bengals that happened within the red zone on the game-winning drive, they were all very sus. For what they were allowed to happen in the, earlier in the game, yeah. Yeah, there was exactly. one legitimate hold. Mm-hmm. There was one, but that was the second penalty that was called. And, dude, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it happened like three times, and it's like, come on, man. I feel we're you. End the game. I will say, though, that if Odell doesn't go down in that, what was it, second quarter, that game, I think, is a is a 10 to 14 point blowout in favor of the Rams, man. They were rolling in that first half, man. And the Bengals they looked they, good. They looked they good. Looked good. But you know what? So did the Chiefs. The first half they played yeah, the Bengals. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And and the Bengals had been a comeback team pretty much all year. I, I don't know. I think the best team definitely won. And I don't I don't know that. Cincinnati has like a real claim to anything that should or should not have happened. It was a good game. They lost, but just the way that it ended, it was kind of like, yeah. Eli Apple got exposed. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I heard this. I didn't really see much. I guess I wasn't, I was at a party, you know. I, I was watching the game, but I wasn't like intensely watching the game. Mm. So I couldn't really see which play was happening where. I saw a couple Cooper Cup catches. I saw Odell catch, you know, a couple good balls. But other than that, I didn't really see the exposure of Eli Apple. I, he got two touchdowns scored on him that were big. The, the game winning okay. was one of them. But uh, yeah. he he was just talking. I mean, the whole playoffs, he's been talking a lot of shit, bro. He was talking a lot of shit to Tyree Kill and to uh, Nicole Hardman. 
when they beat them. And the whole time, like the, the story has always kind of been like, this dude is not a number one cornerback, like, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And it showed. I mean, he did, he shut down Tyreek Hill. I'll, I'll give him that. They, he Tyreek did not do much in that game, but yeah, letting up two touchdowns in the Super Bowl is not a good look when you're the number one guy. But nope. I, covering Cooper Cup, that's a hard ass, man. That dude had probably the best season of any wide receiver ever this year. Yeah, man. I, I, I figured. He would go off. You don't really, you know, he hasn't been contained. Why would you? Why would the Bengals contain him? Yeah. You know. It, it also, here's the thing about the Bengals. I'm not saying that they're lucky or that they shouldn't. They don't deserve to be there because they absolutely did. But they had their fair share of moments this year. I, I think the Chargers beat him put like by like 20 points. Oh wow. I think they put up like 41 points on them. Uh, which you know, I guess, really isn't saying much. The Chargers missed the playoffs, but. They they had they had their 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 slip up so I didn't think that they were a hundred percent a complete team uh, and fuck dude the Rams are just they have a lot of firepower they can do what they want and really it's their defense I I remember saying I I hope that the Bengals win I I did think it was going to be a close game and I'm almost positive the Bengals covered the spread it was I think it was I think you're right I think it was plus four and they lost by three right yeah so yeah. I think they even covered the spread but I I remember saying I, everybody who asked me I go. Andy Dalton's going to get sacked a bunch. I mean, Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow is going to get sacked a bunch. And he yeah. did get sacked mm-hmm. a bunch. And he got hurried a bunch. It was not fun to be him. So hopefully they address that because he's obviously the man. Yeah, it's like you want to say like, yeah, they'll probably be back. But man, dude, like I doubt it. I doubt it, dude. With not the Chiefs in that division. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to fix their fuck ups. I, I'd have a sneaking suspicion. And I, I don't know if I honestly don't know if they'll ever get back there. There's I a chance. Yeah, there's a chance for sure, but it's, you know, shit, you're that, you're that organization. You pretty much got to win that. You know, if you're there, yeah. you got to win. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing, I think they have a, a decent amount of free agents who are starters this year. So, and then they don't really get the benefit from a high draft pick. So, yeah. A lot we'll of young see. talent, though. A lot of young talent. We shall see. I mean, really, really good offense, really good offense for a long time to come. Him and Jamar Chase, if they can protect him, I think they'll be a force. And honestly, who's, uh, yeah, like, like the Ravens for sure could could definitely creep up on them, but I don't know what the Steelers are going to do for a quarterback. The Browns obviously have questions, so I think they're primed. You know, they can they can make their move. To me, it's like a Ravens Chiefs going forward. Now that we're seeing a lot of guys retire and all these like different shifts is kind of passing of the torch. I feel like that's the AFC is through the Ravens and the Chiefs for the next mm-hmm. ten years, but maybe not. Like I'd love to see since you do that, but yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I don't know that the Chargers are a couple more more than a couple pieces away from yeah. really making something happen. They they have a ridiculous quarterback. That's true. That's true. And congrats to the ex Charger Eric Weddle. He got a he got himself a ring with the Rams there. Did you oh. did you see him take a shot at the Chargers? No. Did he really? Oh, oh yeah. The, uh, in the in the post game press conference, he he thanked the Chargers and San Diego. It was more of like a retirement re retirement speech, mm. but he thanked. San Diego and the Chargers, and he thanked the Chargers for cutting him, and then he thanked the GM by name. He, he said, I want to thank old Tom Telesco for the way things ended there. Uh, really lit a fire under me and motivated me. Uh, so thank you for that. <laughs> it didn't end pretty. They, they, they kind of disrespected him. I mean, they didn't give him the money that he was looking for, but it was pretty disrespectful. It was a very Charger move yeah. to do what they did to him. And um, he still had a lot left in the tank. Obviously, in two years, you know, I think he retired in 2020. Mm. Didn't play any football last year. Yeah, he played for the Ravens, right? The Ravens and then the Rams. And then retired and then they called him back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good for him. Yeah. Great for him. And uh, 
good for the Rams who have dis- extinguished any hope for the Los Angeles Chargers of being anything in that city ever. Mm-hmm. I, they could win the Super Bowl next year. I don't know that it would matter. Maybe they're coming back then, Frank. Who knows? That's not. It could happen. It could happen. Uh, question for you, though, because Richard Sherman has been making a lot of waves as a result, like after the Super Bowl, kind of commenting um, from home. Mm-hmm. And he, a lot of people were saying, like, Matt Stafford, Hall of Fame career. And I, that's a bold claim, but I, he, Sherman kind of went in on him. Um, and I, I just wondered, like, what do you think? I got some of Stafford's career stats here, but do, do you think, like, Stafford would ever get a, a nod for at least like the passing numbers and touchdowns along with one Super Bowl now? Or do you think it's just like... There's no way. Yeah, yeah, no way. There's no way. No, not with his stats. He's got 50,000 passing yards, though. Look, that's n- nothing to sneeze at. But, yeah. you know, I he'll make the he'll make the ring of fame for the Lions and maybe for the Rams. And maybe he'll get to do that for two teams who knows how, how much longer he plays and how many more accomplishments he gets. Like, look, he's not, his career's not over. So oh, if the yeah. Rams win another Super Bowl, true, you know, that then, okay, is he in the conversation? I don't know. But as it stands right now, I don't know that he's any more of a Hall of Famer than is than is Philip Rivers. See, but Phil was in the playoffs a lot. Like, I mean, he did a lot, but also he, you know, he he climbed the ranks of NFL passing. You know, he's he's yeah. in the top 10 of a lot of shit. And so it's like, you have to look at him. But Matthew Stafford, for as good of a ball player as he is, I don't want to take away. You know, I really I really do like him. I, I enjoy the guy. I, th- I think I think he plays his nuts off. And I, mm. I, I, I think he deserves any uh, accolades that he receives. But at the end of the day, so I say he's a Hall of Famer. You know, I think he's uh, he's like... Even if he wants an, another one, it would be like saying, is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback? He's got two I think rings. so, for sure. I think he's got to be, though. You beat Tom Brady twice in the, in the Super Bowl. Like, I don't, I'm not even a big Eli fan, but it's like, come on. But the Giants did. It wasn't him. I, I, but he like led the ship. I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying, for sure. But I, with the name Manning, they're going to want all three of those motherfuckers in there, bro. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, why should... Who gives a fuck about his name? Like he did, he was really good quarterback, and he did a lot for that team, and they won two Super Bowls. You know, that's not that's like that's not saying he's not a great player, but I don't know. You're saying championships uh, aren't everything? Certainly not. No way. Yeah, they're on on both ends of the spectrum. It's uh, it's tough. Sherman, these were his. Yeah, I can't disagree with these, even though Maddie's my boy. But he said, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now. Pretty much a participation trophy. Mm. Stafford never made All Decade team. He's never made all pro. He's never been an MVP. He's only been selected to one Pro Bowl. Wasn't even the MVP of this Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP, he said. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a great point, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very good point. I, I, I would have to agree with him. And, and you could, you know, you could make that same uh, argument for Philip Rivers. Never won an MVP. He was close a couple times. Third, mm. maybe he got, you know. And he has some stats, but he was never, you know, will he make an all-decade team? I don't know. He'll yeah. make the Chargers all-decade team, but is he making an NFL? I think he was an all-pro one year. And I agree with him that the that the the bar is low. Like, what is the criteria? What do you look at when you're looking for a Hall of Famer? It's not a good player. And it's not, I think we talked about this last time for baseball. It's not even great players. Great players mm-hmm. don't deserve to be in the Hall of Famers. Exceptional players do. Players who are above and beyond the very tippy tippy top the cream of the crop right up top there yeah right up top there you know and that's why i said like championships like i yeah i get it but it's all it's a team sport <laughs> you can't just say championships there's so much that goes into this if you don't have any 
of the contributing factors. For example, the Bengals. This year, they made the the uh, Super Bowl because they had an amazing run with their kicker. Yeah. Kicker was yep. fucking lights out, and he was a boss about it. Do you hear what he said? I guess we're going to the AFC Championship or whatever when he kicked. Yeah, yeah, but before yeah. that, I, I heard this. I don't know if this is true, but I heard <laughs> that he, like, faked an injury to the head coach and asked if the punter could kick, and then he was like, oh, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's amazing. Dude, that's so funny. And wow. to like do that and actually pull it off is amazing. Yeah. So, so you know, if you don't have one of those kicks, something, you know, this this course of history doesn't happen. You know, to be a Hall of Famer, you, you have to sustain excellence all of the time. That's what a Hall of Famer should be. I'm looking at the uh, website Pro Football Reference. It's actually like a really good website for stats, career stats. You can break it down by season, and they got a bunch of other shit, but they have like what they call the Hall of Fame monitor, and that's just like taking all the players in the Hall of Fame with their stats and how do players like add up or measure up to those guys. The average Hall of Fame quarterback by their ratings is 104.14. Matt Stafford, his career rating is a 58.44, which is 41st among quarterbacks. Yeah. And just as far as like his numbers go, Stafford has never finished better than fifth best quarterback. And that was in 2011 Mm. when he had Calvin Johnson and like 5,000 yards and went crazy. So I I don't, yeah, I don't think Sherman's uh, claims are are wrong. I I think it's a little rude (laughs) to do it like the day after he wins a Super Bowl. A little salty that Tampa didn't go farther, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's wrong. No, I don't think he's wrong either. I, I agree with what he said. Um, did you happen to eat guacamole? I didn't do this during like, the Super yeah, Bowl. It's like the first party I've been to without guacamole. I, I made queso though. Yeah, yeah. But um, how was that? Pretty good, man. I I need to. I want to get better. I don't want to start doing it. This was kind of like a. I took my mom's recipe and kind of like tried to make it my own. Um, but I made it in a crock pot, and it actually was delicioso, man. Yeah. Um, I just did like a bar of Velveeta cheese, a couple cans of Rotel dip. And some jalapenos and some jalapeno juice, and it was pretty damn nice. good. But um, I've been told that I need to make it with like freshly shredded cheese and do it myself and authenticize it. So I, next time I'm going to be doing that, hopefully. But maybe I have to refer to you for some tips. I'm, I don't. I'm, I don't make queso. You don't make a queso? Nah. When we were kids, my mom would just buy like the big ass tin of nacho cheese from Costco yeah. along with the big ass b- bag of tortilla chips and just throw it in the crock pot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was delicious. I mean, we loved it, but I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't make Costco queso. Um, yeah, I feel you. We did have guacamole. Did you? We had, oh, uh, yeah. They, this party I was at, they, they had, uh, I think it was sombreros, uh, cater. It was good. The, I mean, the guac was fine. Um, but I did hear that chipotle is like weeks away from not having any guac. Yeah, and it gets worse because the U.S. just announced that they've paused importing Mexican avocados into the Americas. Why? It sounds like basically because the cartels run all the avocado farms in Mexico and they don't want to do business with them. From what I read, that that's kind of what it says. It says that Mexico sends 80% of its avocados that it makes, it exports them to us, which is wild. Is, that makes me question, like, is are avocados actually, like, that big a part of traditional Mexican food? Or is that just, like, an American, like, romanticized thing about Mexican food that we do? No, they, they're they're definitely a part of it. But yeah. I, think that, I think that avocados just got really trendy 
in uh, America because people just started talking about like how healthy they are and they're uh, good. And then somebody invented avocado toast, which is up there with one of the greatest inventions ever. It's delicious. And I feel like it just took off from there. But yeah, of course, uh, 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 avocados, they're used all the time in Mexican food. Absolutely. Okay. That's what I would figure. But it kind of amazed me that 80% of, of what they do goes to America. But it's a lucrative trade. It's worth about $2.8 billion. And like I said, it's kind of been taken over by the cartel, basically. And uh, the AP reported earlier this week that in the western state of Miwakan, the largest source of U.S. exported avocados, basically all the growers, all the farms there systematically get extorted by the cartels they either run them or they do like the old uh, mafia shakedown of businesses like we're going to protect you or you right. know, that kind of thing basically it seems like that has spilled over we had like a safety inspector that was working down in one of these cities and um he got a threat a direct threat from the cartel and we were like uh-uh no we're not doing that and so the embassy like shut down or reported this back and we've like shut down any importation of this until we can like guarantee that conditions improve. But I mean, there's like no timetable. There's no, no (laughs) information past that. So like you're saying, Chipotle, all these other places could be fucked real quickly, really soon. You know, I like to pride myself as a man who can sense an opportunity. Sure. And, um, I think it's about time we start getting into the illegal avocado business, brother. (laughs) Funny enough, dude, my old landlord, basically his job, his like family business was importing avocados into Mexico and like selling them to all like the local Chicago, like Mexican grocery stores and shit like that. Oh, importing them from Mexico. From Mexico. Yeah. So he's probably hurting bad right now. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I, I know that here in Southern California, at least this part of Southern California, which is basically Mexico, right? Used to be, uh, we, we grow a lot of these things, Mm -hmm. like a good amount of avocados are grown here in California. So I'm not terribly worried and I'm like, I'm not worried about it at all. Like avocados are great, but I feel like they're also just an addition. True. Isn't it, isn't it been like in the past 10 years, 12 years that avocados really have been like a nationwide available product. I'm going to say one of the whitest things I've probably ever said to you, Frank, and that's that until I moved to Chicago, I don't think I ever had had an avocado in my life. That's hilarious. But I, I'm not surprised <laughs> at all, dude, like at all. When I first moved to Ohio, I gave this shit didn't really exist, the no, way, at least man. the way it does now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I hope they figure it out. So sometimes there's, you know, you got to do a little cost benefit analysis. It seems interesting that this is like where we're staking our 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 claim in avocados because somebody got threatened but yeah, you know yeah. good 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 for them i guess for making it happen but what's the threat to shut I, I that's what i really wish this article said was like what what the threat was because it's like you just have a guy there that gets threatened uh, for whatever reason and you're gonna say all right we're shutting down the import of every like this entire item into America like that's mm-hmm. that'd been a hell of a threat like I guess probably not only against him but maybe they said some other shit about America was is the only thing I could think of like we're gonna poison all these avocados kind of a thing if you don't give us money U.S. government or something I, I, I can't think what would pause the entire import of a product like that probably probably like threaten to kill his kids dude yeah you know or something something like that yeah so I guess they were trying to I'm just I'm just seeing this here they were trying to get some from Peru and and also the U.S. These companies that use a lot of avocados. Okay. But 
there's an analyst, I guess, that works for J.P. Morgan Chase, who can know these things for some reason, said that there's probably not enough avocado supply from other areas in the world to make up for an inability to ship Mexican avocados into the U.S. Wow. Especially on a near-term horizon. Especially now, I mean, you know, supply chain's all fucking wacky. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, hunker down. Hey, maybe um, us millennials can afford houses now. What do you mean? You remember that quote or that tweet? It was a tweet. I forget who said it. Somebody, somebody, or it was like an article or some, something somewhere said that the reasons that millennials can't afford homes is because they, they're basically saying that we overpay for dumb things, but they decided to, to use avocado toast as the example. Oh. <laughs> and so it gets mocked mercilessly. It's like, you know, people like buying avocado toast, like, ah, uh, avocado toast house yeah. <laughs> but like bro like that's gonna affect me going to chipotle for sure that's like my favorite part about chipotle is really the guac yeah it is i love their guac man i know that's it's so whitewash but oh no it's, it's good delicious. guac it's 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 delicious I, I i just don't i don't know it's not it's not like the pool for me you know it's not gotta go to chipotle for the avocado although it is good and i went to chipotle last week for the first time in a while and i i, re, I noticed that they didn't have the brisket and i was very upset yeah it's gone now dude it hurts <laughs> yeah yeah it hurts it indeed hurts. it hurts yeah yeah get rid of the fucking vegan chorizo and bring the brisket back please yeah the vegan chorizo is just a little <laughs> i mean they had it before i just the idea of vegans wanting to eat something that tastes like meat or like is a like in the in the mode of meat mm -hmm. is so weird to me. It's like if you're that committed, why why like like don't <laughs> like why do you need to eat something that's sausage or or you know satan right. steak or something? It's like you don't want to eat this. Like just let it be. Eat vegetables and eat your other shit. Like I'll never understand. Have that. your pig and eat it too. Yeah, I just, <laughs> they want. I will never get it. What else is going on? Are you are you seeing um, what's happening in? Canada, dude. I read, yeah, I read a couple things today that looks kind of shocking. I can't believe that's real. Tell the viewers. I can believe it's real. There have been ample warnings about the direction that Canada has been going in for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I, so to me, it's not a surprise. Although it is no less shocking to hear the the lengths that this this government is taking to remain in total control. Total control. It's outrageous what they're doing. So in a nutshell, they've decided that they're going to at all costs remove these trucking these truckers that have created blockades in the capital city of Ottawa. And I understand their position. I understand that the blockade of truckers into the capital of Ottawa is a giant headache, a big big pain in the ass. Some might say that's by design. And instead of facing this problem head on, their prime minister has not even acknowledged them as citizens. He's from the jump said that they are racist, that they are MAGA supporters, that they're there to cause harm and violence. And not only like not only violence to, to people, but violence in words and that they're not patriotic and that they don't believe in science and has done nothing but to try and throw mud on their faces instead of engaging his fellow countrymen and saying, hey, I understand you guys are out here making a big old uh, hubbubaloo about uh, you guys are making a, a giant deal of, of us having these mask mandates and these vaccine mandates. 
let's talk about this because I'm acknowledging how crazy it is that you are 50,000 truckers are, are in our capital city. And today he enacted this basically martial law where he basically takes executive control over the entire land of Canada. Now he's saying that the, the control is focused geographically onto Ottawa and that and nothing is going to happen, but it's going to go to Ottawa. I hesitate to bring this up. Do not want to be that guy, but I cannot help but think about 1930s Germany and who did the exact motherfucking same thing, like legitimately the exact same thing, took complete control of the country. And this is what this guy did. Not only did Justin Trudeau take over the entire, uh, take over executive control of the entire country, but he authorized banks to freeze their assets. And he said, if anybody is participating in this blockade anymore, then your assets will be frozen by the banks where your money is held. And that includes cryptocurrency. And anybody who is supporting them with uh, uh, apps like uh, Venmo or any, any, of these, uh, any of these other payment apps, that money will be frozen as well because these activities are illegal. And we have to you know, remove these truckers because everything's legal. That is fucking insane. What in the world <laughs> is going on, man? Yeah, what man. in the world is going on? So it's like, obviously, total, complete power grab. This guy, Justin Trudeau, knows that he is the prime minister of this, of this country, and he is going to act officially until somebody stops him. Right. He's just playing the he's playing the Trump card. He's throwing down the hammer. He's going all in against these truckers. I so wonder if this was like Black Lives Matter or some kind of like racial protest, if the same steps would be taken. I don't I think we know that they would. I know. He's even just, said it publicly wild, that man. he said very publicly that these are the protests that I believe it. And mm -hmm. he named BLM. Mm -hmm. This is the official statement from Justin Trudeau. Today, I shared a clear message to those taking part in illegal blockades and occupations. We've heard you, but there are consequences for breaking the law, and those consequences are becoming increasingly severe. It's time to go home to your communities. So you, you might be asking, well, what, what, what are these truckers asking for? What is it going to take for them to listen to their prime minister and go home. Well, they're asking for the end of all vaccine mandates, mask mandates, and uh, vaccine passports that are needed to get inside Canada. And that's a giant ask, right? Like you're, you're asking them to change their entire federal policy on COVID-19. And if you know anything about negotiation, you'll know that you start high and then you work down to something that's amenable for both sides. Sure. And these truckers had leverage. If you're blocking main arteries, particularly in, in, into the United States, the, the, the bridge that connects right there to Detroit was all clogged up. They couldn't get uh, exports and imports in through the Canadian-U.S. Uh, border up north. They have caused a giant disruption in Canada. And understandably, if you work in the Canadian government and this is your job, obviously you're going to be very upset at this, particularly if you don't share the beliefs that these truckers share. But... Like I said, there is no attempt in good faith to engage with these truckers, to engage with these people who are shouting at you and demanding that you do something in the tens of thousands. At the very least, you have to acknowledge that. 
You have to acknowledge it. You have to sit down and in good faith. Listen to these people. These are your people. These are people that you have been elected to govern. Well, also, and what they're asking for at the time that they're asking for it, like falls in line. I mean, dude, California, Illinois, like these states that are extremely liberal are all peeling back these mandates right now themselves. So it's like we're getting to a point where what they're asking isn't that big of an ask. Like maybe a couple months ago it would have been when we were like just kind of coming into Omicron and all this other shit where we there are a lot of unknowns and cases were high, hospitals were full. But like we're at a point now where it's low, we're in a huge dip. Like we're not in flu season really anymore. Like it's not a huge ask. The only thing that I can think of and why they're continuing to be so, so strict with this like zero tolerance is because it's state funded healthcare. And the state is probably sick. Canada is probably sick of paying for all these people in the hospital because of their healthcare policies instead of like the system we have here. All right, fine. But, but bring that to the table, you know, right, right. you know, make, make that a point instead of, instead of just saying that all this stuff is illegal and that there's consequences. I want to play something yeah. from Candace Bergen, who's the opposition leader talking to, uh, about or to Justin Trudeau. The Emergencies Act. 24 hours in and there are more questions than answers. Questions about whether this is justified, questions around if the criteria is met, questions around what this means to Canadians' rights and freedoms. Parliamentary approval is required in order for the Prime Minister to use this unprecedented sledgehammer. So can the Prime Minister tell us when will Parliament be debating this? Will it be coming to us on Friday? And does he expect that we will look at it Friday, but then rise, take a week off, and not actually deal with this until March? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker, after discussions with Cabinet and Caucus, after consultations with the Premiers of all provinces and territories, after a conversation with opposition leaders, we decided to invoke uh, the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear, Mr. Speaker. The scope of these measures are time-limited and geographically targeted. They are reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address, and they are fully to be compliant with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to uh, reassure all Canadians uh, that this is the right thing to move forward. Honourable Leader of the Opposition. I had a very simple question to the Prime Minister he was not able to answer. It would appear this could be more political drama for the Prime Minister. He name-calls people that he disagrees with. He wedges. He divides. He stigmatizes. Yet in spite of all of his failure, Coote's border has cleared. Windsor has opened up. Provinces and police are doing their jobs and blockades are starting to come down. But the Prime Minister thinks that now is the time to use this extreme measure and invoke the Emergencies Act. Isn't it true that the Prime Minister's actions could serve to actually make things worse and not make things better? Exactly. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting their communities and neighborhoods, and ensuring jobs and our economy. I gotta say, I, I like their uh, form of debate. Yeah, right, with like a one judge kind of sitting there and the two sides going back and forth. Yeah, but there's a lot to unpack there. I like this 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 woman here. She's she's very eloquent and and very well spoken. But if you look at what he said there at the end, where he said that. These these uh, powers are geographically 
targeted. That is just his words. The this this uh, these powers that he's invoking, they're they're not they're not as written geographically targeted. They encompass the entire country, and so that's sure. what he's asking for. Now he's saying it's geographically tar uh, targeted, but like, would you be prepared to give somebody the in control over everything so that they could they could take care of one little portion of it and and her her response is saying that this might be a little bit more than than what he's saying and this might be you know political theater in a power grab how could you see it any other way right and it sounds like from what she said originally like something like this they would usually talk about debate she said maybe take a week off i don't know if that's what they do there or if that's because the timing with like whatever time of the year it is they take a break i don't know but like it sounds like he's just saying no 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 fuck that I'm going to do this. And it's like that. Now you're like circumventing laws to just enact a huge power grab and like full control. Like that's even more mischievous and, and untrustworthy. Like I, I would be freaked out if I was a Canadian citizen. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems very snaky. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, it, it's just such a weird phenomenon when you see this kind of thing where there, there is a legitimate voice being raised, right? We're hearing, like, we, we, we have a voice that needs to be heard because we feel like as, part, as, as a big part of this country, we're not being heard. And the response, instead of, instead of like, not even, they're not even being condescending about it. They're not even saying like, okay, well, yeah, we hear you. We'll sit down. We'll have a couple powwows. We'll listen. We'll pass like, you know, little, appease them, play politics. They're going for straight power, dude. They're going for straight, fuck you. You're not doing mm -hmm. this. And we have the power to stop it. it. It's very subjective the way that that these leadership administrations decide to act on certain things that have a political sway one way or the other. Because like you said in the beginning, if this had anything to do with BLM, where would we be? Because his contingency, the, the people that he, that Justin Trudeau is most worried about, the, the people that they're going to get him reelected, well, they care about BLM. They care about that issue. And is that any less of a voice that needs to be heard? No. But is it any more of a voice that needs to be heard? No. And is it is it worth invoking this kind of power to bring in excessive law enforcement to save innocent people's businesses that from being burned down or to you know save entire cities from from dis disintegrating into chaos you could be equally justified in that action and equally criticized in that action in the same breath but they're deciding to act here and i have to ask why is that when all the people on the other side the only thing that they're asking for is more freedom yeah right and why why would you even be why would you even have to be in that position to ask for more freedom I could see like arresting people, like if, if that, I don't know Canadian law at all, but like I could see loitering or some kind of thing where you'd have cause to arrest for them staying there, but freezing, gaining full control of their assets and all their money yeah. because they're parked somewhere. And then you're going to ask them to go back to work after this <laughs> right? and then Dude. be the integral cog of the machine that is Canada yeah, to, to, right? to progress forward in the country. Like it, it does absolutely nothing to, to build bridges. And, and what she said is, is a hundred percent true. It's all incredibly decisive. And I would love to have heard these conversations that he had with fellow leaders of this country where they were in support of what he was proposing that, that he yeah. should do this because if that's the case, well then now you have, and this really isn't too far fetched of an idea to think of. Now you have an entire unification of leaders that do not care about people's freedom. Mm-hmm.
They're just asking to not be fucked with anymore. Stop fucking yeah. with us. We just want to be left alone. You know what? I just, I just came back like an hour and a half, two hours ago from getting uh, my booster shot. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to say <laughs> anything about anybody, but this was not my choice to get. If I didn't get this, I was going to screw over a whole lot of other people. And I drudged my way through there and I felt dirty. I felt gross felt nasty because I was doing something that I was compelled to do that I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. How would you feel if you're a trucker and somebody's telling you, yeah, because of COVID, you have to sit in your car all alone, which you've been doing anyway, but you have to be vaccinated about it. What? No, what fucking, are you serious? And then every time you come over the, the, the border, you have to show proof of vaccination and it would be fine if there weren't so many holes to poke in it. And it just seems like this big, you know, continuation of choked control. You're seeing it here in Los Angeles. There was a Super Bowl with a mask mandate and not a single person in that stadium was wearing a mask. Tomorrow or Thursday, the mask mandate in California will lift, but every single five-year-old in school will have to wear a mask. Why is that? Nobody can yeah. answer that question. Why? Mm-hmm. So yeah, because. I mean, and you know, I'm I'm listening to this. Um, do you ever listen to Hardcore History? No, I don't. I've been listening to him for many, many years. And 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 Dan Carlin put out this series on uh, the Far East, the war in the Pacific, and World War II. I started listening to it years ago, and then stopped. And I just started again. And it's amazing, and I'm binging it. But the one thing that he talks about that other people have talked about. And there's a whole book called uh, Try by Sebastian Younger uh, about this phenomenon. But when people in wartime are hit with a giant, just like, like uh, just completely devastated by an attack from another country, right? Take, for example, the, the bombings on London, the bombings every night on London, um, Pearl Harbor in, in the US. Anytime something like that happens, the strategy from from the uh, the bad actor in that situation is that they are going to devastate them until their will is broken. But what always happens without fail is that those people resoundingly rise up as one unit and decide to become stronger because they've been pushed down even further. And it always backfires. It always backfires. And all I can imagine right now is these truckers like, all right, motherfucker, like you, this is where you want to go. Like you want to press this button. I'm going to dig my heels in because what do I have left to lose? You, you've given me no option. It's either my, my pride, my dignity, the thing that I'm fighting for, or uh, we just give up and go home. So yeah. I know where I'm going to stand, right? Like if, if you're already that deep in. So, I mean, he's kind of like just declaring war on his own people. I don't know, man. It, it really just irks me. And I, I feel like this is so much more detrimental to like the collectivity that is the Western thought of the world of freedom and democracy and, and, and free thought. I mean, we're all worried about Russia right now and fine. They might invade a sovereign nation. And that's not a good thing. But like what we're doing to our own people is way worse than what any foreign actor is threatening from abroad. And it, he's getting a lot of heat this week too, or today after this is going to a factory, he announced it and from a, like a 2013 interview. And he was asked like, other than Canada, which country do you, you know, value, do you idolize the most? And his answer was China. he said, there's a level of admiration I actually have for China. Their basic dictatorship is actually allowing them to turn their economy around on a dime. Got a lot of shit for it back then, but like now people are drawing strong parallels. Like, okay, now this fucking guy idolizes these people and he's enacting something like this. Like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, we I, talked I about it a, a few months ago. 
we we had brought up China and you were like, you know, I wonder I wonder if democracy really is the right thing yeah. at, in the long run, right? Like if you play it out over time, you know, who wins? Because right now yeah. it seems like a dictatorship is, you know, sailing that ship pretty tight because they can, because they rule, right? Sure. But I, I don't know, man, like... I think there's way too many of us, in, at least in this country, who are, you know, will be will be bent as far as we can bend. I mean, I think that we are a, a very gracious people on the whole, and that we'll give a lot of grace when asked for it. When you directly threaten freedoms, directly threaten freedoms, then I think you're going to get a lot of people who who will rise in uproar. I don't know how it works in Canada, man. I don't. I, I cannot pretend to know what the vibe is in Canada, how people yeah. feel if, if this really is a fringe minority descending upon Ottawa in, in their, in their trucks, I got to imagine it's not. Yeah. I got to imagine it's not. It's probably very similar to the United States where you got cities that are very, very liberal. And then you got the rest of the country that doesn't live that same life and subscribes to a whole different ideology. It's probably a lot of the same, but you see, you see some of that here. I, I don't know if I talked about it when the election was going on or just after and before, but uh, boat parades here in San Diego Bay for Trump. What the fuck? Yeah. Hundreds of boats. The entire bay full. Trump. What the fuck? It's so weird fuck? in California. Are you kidding me? I, I would have yeah. never guessed in a million years for any president, Al, for any mm -hmm. president, that bay would fill up with flags for, for some one person. Yeah. It's bananas, man. It's insane. It is, man. Not to continue to ring that bell. But uh, there was a story that came out this week that was interesting, and uh, it has to do with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Really, truly, I am. If you don't want to listen to this, I don't blame you. But it's interesting. So if you want to listen to it, about it, interesting story, then stay tuned. So there's a guy. His name is John Durham, and he was the special counsel. So he was an, he was an attorney who was investigating wrongdoing that then led to the investigation of Russian collusion with Donald Trump and the whole, you know, you guys were there. Okay. The Steele dossier. All of that. All of that for two years. Okay. So he's working for, for that. He's a special counsel for that particular part of American history. He just filed a document in federal court accusing the Clinton campaign of paying tech operatives to spy on the Trump campaign. And nobody's talking about it right now. Again, these are just allegations, and it doesn't mean it's true. The, this person, Durham, says that he can prove it, and he wants to take it to trial. He says he has everything, he has all the goods, and he can prove everything that he's saying in trial. But nobody's talking about it. It's like completely ignored everywhere. And I don't really have like a good reason for that. But it seems to me that the more time in between uh, Trump being in president and, and him not being in president... I just, it feels like there's a whole lot of things that he was saying. And at the time they sounded like complete nonsense and they're like kind of true. So I want to, I want to play here from an interview that he did with 60 minutes. And I believe this was right before the election. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign. There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they can got caught. I, can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't but verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. 
They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. The most eloquent man to ever be president. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't do like a really good job of making his case there. He just says that it happened. But it, lo it looks like there's some meat to this bone. So there's a couple connections here. So this guy, John Durham, was part of this development in a criminal probe for, I, I don't know the whole story, so, so I'm like trying to get like the facts here. There's this, this, this bank called Alpha Bank, and there was a bunch of fraud allegations with this bank. And the person at the head of that investigation, like inside of it, is now the national security advisor for Biden, and he's in charge of this whole Ukraine situation. So... I don't know, man. Maybe it's all conspiracy. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But like, it just, it just, we talked, we talked about it with, with Trudeau just now about the, the things that we choose to do and choose not to do and, and why we choose and choose not to do them. Glenn Greenwald on Twitter, he said that the New York Times, CNN and NBC access flooded the zone every time Robert Mueller scratched his nose. They spent hours and hours deciphering his every sneeze. Actual criminal indictments from Durham, of Hillary's lawyer or FBI operatives, crimes that created Russiagate barely merit an article. Basically saying there's every time that this investigation that Robert Mueller was doing on Trump, as it pertains to Russia and his involvement with Russia, the, the news media covered it head to toe. But the meat of it, the actual meat of it in that story, barely merited an article by anybody, which, which is more or less true, right? When you get down to the facts of it. So it just seems interesting that this very big allegation is gaining no traction. And I don't know if you heard recently, God help us all, but I, I don't think that Hillary has counted out a run in 2024. Oh, really? Yeah. Like she's kind of making the rounds. Bill Clinton has been quoted recently as saying that the Democrats don't really have anybody and they don't. Like who do they have? Who are their options oh, yeah. right now? Like nobody? Yeah. No one. Biden? Not going to happen. No. Kamala Harris, yeah, right. You're out of your mind, unless you're like just playing to lose. Who else you got? Michelle? Damn, bro. We got to do this again? Dude, I don't want to be the one no. to bring this news. I don't. I um, did not hear that. Fuck. Yeah, so she's thinking about it. Hmm. Who knows? We're a long way off, and I don't want to speculate on that right now, but uh, I, th there will be more of this story to come, for sure. Yeah, it does not seem to be... The last of it. Uh, real quick, before we got out of here, this kind of some groundbreaking shit uh, and gunmaker should be scared going forward. I, I can't believe this actually happened. But just today, Sandy Hook families are going to be settling with Remington, popular firearms dealer. And this is the very first time that a gunmaker has like, been held liable for a mass shooting, mm. which Interesting. is wild. Yeah, it's so crazy, man. They paid out uh, to the families, like $73 million. And basically what the case was against them is that their advertising for Remington makes their guns look like a man would use them. They're more manly. And they use that to get a $73 million settlement. Um, it's the seven years after the incident. And basically they're, they're suing them for the gun, the Bushmaster XM-15 E2S semi-automatic rifle modeled after the AR-15, okay. uh, which is uh, similar to the M-16 military rifle that we use in, in our army. But like they're just basically pointing to that the advertising makes it look alluring to be a man, and that's why it was used in this in this shooting. 
uh, where this kid, Adam Lanza, came in, a 20-year-old kid, and within, I think he only was an active shooter for like, I think like 10 minutes or less, and he, he fatally shot 20 first graders and six staff members. You know, that that's tragic. We all know about Sandy Hook, but this is the first time that you've ever seen a firearm dealer like bend basically, like bend the knee. And they've always kind of been protected and kind of had a, a loophole out of it through some stuff in the Constitution and through the um, the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act, which kind of like immunizes firearm manufacturers and you know distributors and dealers from like civil liability for anything. So they somehow like circumnavigated that law that's a federal statute to make this happen. So it's just like going forward, like... <laughs> It's very, it's going to be like lawmakers, like, I don't know how they're going to legislate anything going forward because like, how is a gun company supposed to be liable for what happens with their product? Are we going to be suing Bud Light because someone went out and got behind the wheel of a car and killed somebody? Like that's, it's, it's really gray waters now. Yeah. Well, I I think you have to like look into the, the details of this because they didn't admit any wrongdoing. And that was probably part of this agreement. Like, look, we'll give you the money, but we're not going to admit any wrongdoing. And they didn't. And this is usually how these things work, right? There was nine uh, uh, families. Well, the families of nine victims that Mm -hmm. joined in this lawsuit, right? So you have this class action lawsuit and these nine families are going after this this, uh, rifle maker. Also, nobody disagrees that these families deserve to be compensated as much as they get compensated whatever the number is, right? A billion dollars a family. Nobody's going to say that's too much. You can't put a price on the life of an elementary school child. But if they're going after this gun maker, it's because they think that they have the best case of settlement. They didn't want this to go to trial. They did not care. I mean, maybe they did. Maybe some of them did. Mm. But they didn't care that Remington get, get uh, admits wrongdoing or that they get go to trial and that they get found uh, guilty of negligence because they know they don't have a case, right? That the case that they're bringing about is these advertisements. That's just their foot in the door. And then it's like, okay, Remington, how long do you want to be the company that decides to fight against these families? And just use, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they're, that they're, you know, being sneaky about their, their victim status because they're not, they, like I said, they deserve to be compensated. But I think in in this situation, it was way more of a money grab. It was way more of like, all right, well, I'm going after, somebody is going to pay for the fact that my child is no longer here and it's not going to be this kid. It's not going to be this kid's family, most because he shot his mom. And it's not going to be the elementary school, and it's definitely not going to be the federal government. Who can we go after? See, but that's where I disagree. That's that's who you sue. It's the school. How can you sue the school? Because the school is in charge of the safety of your child every single day. That's what you pay tax dollars for all year. Like that's like I said before, you can't sue Bud Light because someone got drunk on Bud Light and got behind the wheel of a car. You don't have a case there at all. Like like as soon as you start the case, it's over. Because how can how can you use any sort of precedent to say that this school should have had protections against? elementary school kids. When has there ever been a case like this was unprecedented? He wasn't an elementary. He was a 20-year-old kid. Yeah, it was him. But I'm saying that you're saying that they should sue the school where the kids were at for not protecting him? Protecting them? Because a pedestrian walked off walked off the street with a semi-automatic rifle and killed 20 kids. Yes, that's their that's their job to protect those kids more than it is for the firearm maker to protect those kids. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That That's an irrelevant <laughs> point because, first of all, you can't reasonably expect an elementary school to have defenses against an automatic weapon. That's unreasonable. Nobody's going to hear that argument. Two, who has a deeper pocket? Who has deeper pocket? For sure. No, yeah, I'm not. I know why they went after Remington, but I'm saying that's wrong that they did. Like, that's insane to me. Like, you, like 
School should have security. That's a basic ass thing that our tax dollars should go towards to protect our kids. I can never hold a school liable for quote unquote allowing something like this to happen because they didn't allow this to happen. This, but how did Remington allow it the, to the point where they're paying seventy three million dollars out? Like that's insane. They're not admit they're not admitting guilt, but they're paying for it to go away, which yeah. has never happened before. Well, they got squeezed. They got squeezed. They got but squeezed. I, I just don't see how it's you any more on them than it would be on the place sometime. where it occurred at. You get squeezed sometimes. They didn't admit guilt. It doesn't set a precedent. Nobody's going to be going after uh, gun companies after this. It's not going to become a phenomenon because this is an anomaly. This isn't, I mean, there's school shootings all the time. Yes. And there's precedent for uh, gun manufacturers to not get involved in that mix. And there's precedent where, where people don't file lawsuits and win money from, from, from gun manufacturers. This is one such case, but like I said, it's an anomaly. Or just the first of many. Perhaps, but I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think this really means anything at all. I think this is just a business transaction. How do we get out of this unscathed? Because as soon as somebody, as soon as somebody files suit against you, then you're fucked, right? If, you, if, you, if that lawsuit is able to go through, well then, good luck. But if you can defend it in court and win, which you have some of the best lawyers probably in the country to do so, like you would do that to not pay out $73 million. Like there was a case against them that like they didn't just want to give away $73 million. This hasn't been the first time that something like this has probably been brought into a court of law and it's never happened before where, where the firearm manufacturer paid out. So there's something to their argument. Play that through. We're Remington. Mm-hmm. We make weapons. Mm-hmm. They kill people. Sometimes they kill children, mm -hmm. but we don't assume any liability. And then mm -hmm. Sandy Hook happens. And then everything that follows Sandy Hook happens. And then you have Alex Jones and you have all the you have people that are saying that it was a hoax and it didn't happen. And it's such a fucking firecracker of a subject. You're going to be the company that takes these families to trial. Are you kidding me? I, not take them to trial, but defends themselves against the trial. You would have to. That's the only way you get out of this without paying any money. You defeat the families of Sandy Hook. And look, I mean, they, would they, they, would, they would be justified in every right to do that as a private business. But were you going to be that company? Um, I'm not. I'm sure it's happened before, though. Like, you can't tell me the victims of all these other school shootings haven't, their families haven't tried to do a similar thing, though. There's but no way is, that they have This haven't. is different now. This is not the same thing at all. This is, like I said, it's, it's an anomaly. It, you don't think the, the families of the Columbine kids tried to sue the gun manufacturers? I don't know who, they, no, they tried to, they tried to go after Marilyn Manson. <laughs> they tried to go after I, Eminem. They tried to go after the music that these kids were listening to. I'd be hard pressed to think this is the first time they've gone after a gun manufacturer after a, a gun shooting. Yeah. That's insane. There's no way. Yeah, Al, but 20 first graders were killed. I, I, yeah, I this understand. This is different. The, the crime. Dude, this is different. <laughs> this is not just a school shooting. This is the most evil thing that anybody could ever do ever this is not just a school shooting this is the worst place that a human being's brain could go to so go for it you want to fucking i mean go for it, it worked it worked yeah well, good. I'm glad they got the money. I, I mean, it sucks that it happened. I just can't see a, a drunk driver that crashes into a bus full of kids and sends that bus off a cliff and kills them all gets a lawsuit against Anheuser-Busch and wins well, 70 mil. Well, I no tell way. You, well, I tell you what. When I was with Airgas, I would sell liquid nitrogen. And during my time at Airgas, a the big craze was uh, cryotherapy, right? Mm -hmm. The way that works, you stand in a, in, a, in a sauna, if you will, and it goes up to your neck and the nitrogen gets flooded in from the bottom. It rises to the top, but then as soon as it gets to the atmosphere, it falls. 
because it's heavier than air. So it falls down. There was a girl in Vegas and she was a worker of one of these cryotherapy places. And it was after hours and she was in this thing. And apparently she was like playing with her phone. She dropped her phone, went down to pick it up. Well, if you know anything about pure nitrogen, it dispels all oxygen. So she took a breath of pure nitrogen, probably two, and fainted and then continued to breathe it in and died, right? It displaces oxygen in your lungs. It kills you almost immediately. It's very dangerous stuff. Once that happened, the entire corporate structure of air gas tightened immediately. And we needed mm-hmm. all these forms filled out. Every the paperwork out the ass, this, that, and the other. Why? Because you could absolutely go after air gas. Would you have a case? Probably not, but you go after them anyway. And it's just the headache of having the legal fees. It's just the headache of going through the process. For sure. Oh, no, I get it. I'm just, but wouldn't the better case be against the business that killed her? Because they didn't make her sign any waivers. Go for it. Her, How much money yada, do these yada? people have? Air gas is a $22 right, right. billion dollar company, trillion dollar company. Right. Like, you know, they make, they literally print money. So mm. who are you going to go after? Where's the best case for you to get this money? And that's probably the conversation they had with the lawyers. Like, look, we're going to go after the best case we can get to get money because you deserve to be compensated for the terrible loss that you've experienced. Sorry, Remington, you got to go. So, I mean, it sucks, you know, pro 2A guy here, but doesn't really uh, shake my tree that much. I just made that up on the spot. You like that? <laughs> I like that. I think we opened a can of worms though, man. We'll see. What you about a can of beans? I was going to say, yeah, bag of beans, can of beans. I don't know if they do cans of beans, but they definitely do bags. Uh, our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee. Drinking a good smooth cup of coffee, that's a treat all by itself. But when you can do that and help American heroes like veterans and first responders, it is that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, donates $1 from every single item purchased to these charities. They offer 14 different blends, which you can get in whole bean ground or single serve pods. I don't believe there's any cans, but there should be. Maybe you should hit them up about it. Right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10. You'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. Promo code FNH10, Gun Barrel Coffee. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause. Yeah, you betcha. Um, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at FriendshipNH, on Instagram and TikTok, same handle at Friendship News Hour. And you can send us an email at bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next time.